Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Steve Hahn, Steve Reinhardt, and Tim Lester. Hello, boys. Hey. Hello. Hi, Noah. Hi, Steve and Tim. How's everybody doing? Living I'm the great. Dream. Good. All right. Well, we had some uh, feedback, right, Steve Reinhardt? Yeah. Thank the you. Feedback we had. Yeah, thank you um, for the people that have reached out to Noah uh, and sent in emails or called him uh, for the feedback. That feedback to me is really important. And uh, I really admire you for taking a risk and giving us your thoughts and feelings and what's, uh, you know, important. And uh, and and so one of the th one of the great feedbacks that w we heard was uh, someone responded that uh, they were kind of encouraged that we all have the same problems and struggles that they do. And uh, it's mm -hmm. so nice that you're vulnerable enough to share that with us. And and I think that's one of the things I love about Noah and his ministry and abiding life is he's so genuine and, and real and doesn't uh, beat around the bush. And if he's uh, struggling, you know, and the thing I, I like about that is, you know, I can, I probably can count on, well, maybe three one hand for sure the times that Noah has uh, come to me and wanted to not struggle with something because it's in the struggle that he finds the presence of the Lord is that right Noah yeah definitely yeah so that's really important to me that uh, that, that that that's part of the podcast and that somebody out there uh, uh, also like me really appreciated his and Steve and Tim's vulnerability mm -hmm. and um, and genuineness and just seeing, and, and for me, it's a, a real honor to be able to see Christ in those weaknesses and in our flaws uh, that we, we don't like them sometimes, but uh, it's actually, I get to see Christ in you guys mm. in that because you've shared that. And it's like, wow, I get to see him in you that way. And so I really appreciate that. And then and then we had some feedback that, well, maybe we're not really preaching the abiding life message. And, and in a sense, that really important feedback is also true because we're kind of like not doing the step-by-step -step abiding life process where, uh, where in some ways, if you abide perfectly, you never feel anxious or you never feel stressed out or mm. depressed. Uh, and in fact, we're kind of seeing a little something that's different. Um and that's probably uncomfortable, actually, probably kind of may even make mm -hmm. some people angry because we're not using Mike's words and the exact diagrams and thoughts that he has. And those are all I really appreciate all those things and love them. But um, at the same time, we're uh, kind of expressing hopefully the same sentiments and the same love for Jesus and the same turning our focus on him. Uh, but I just want to say thank you for that feedback. It's really important and valuable uh, to me to hear from our listeners. And I'd love for you to send Noah some more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, please do. And email you can use now is noah at abidinglife.com. Oh, great. Noah at abidinglife.com. So you can send it over to me and we'll take a look at it. Yeah. yeah. And thanks, and thanks again for sending that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so today we're going to do a podcast on, we'll, we'll see how this goes. 
I had, I had this thought a while back and, you know, these thoughts pop in my head and then I start really focusing on them, thinking about them, praying on them. And so this is my, this is my question. And even with this question, even myself, a lot of other questions come up when I say it. So anyone who's listening, you're not alone. Okay. I, I feel the same way you guys do. So the question is, is God in everything? So I don't know about you guys. I'll let you guys talk in a minute, but for me, it's, I instantly think, oh, well, it will, does God allow, you know, is God in someone getting murdered? Is God in, you know, everything that's bad that goes on in the, in the world? I mean, that's the thing I talk back at it right away, you know, like, well, what, what about this and this and that? But really it's, I think what God was trying to say when he brought it to me was, I'm in everything of your walk, your, your spiritual walk, your day-to-day walk, your uh, walk with your family, your friends, everything like that. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah. So can I like jump in with a question? Yes, please. And so if you were to like define that for us, are, are you saying like uh, God's in this pen here? That, you know, like I've got this mouse here. That, that, is that what you're talking about? Like God's in physical things? Uh, you know, like this, my, you know, my, I got this rock over here and this piece of glass you sent me. Is that God? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I wouldn't, I would say, no, I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I guess you could argue that God also made the person that made all that stuff. So... Yeah, but are you right? That's that's not your really your point though, right? No, no, it's not my point at all. And so, so if you were to say, would there be another way you could, like, if you were talking to me and uh, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer a few years back. um, Are you are you saying like, well, Steve, did you think God caused your cancer? Is that what you're saying? Or or I mean, I just want to help knowing what you mean when you say. Is God in everything? Yeah, I would say on that, I think God allows things to happen. I think God allows us to have choices. I think that's why God allows murders to happen, people to get sexually abused, um, because he gives us choice. That's one of the biggest things he gave us is choice. And he does allow that to happen. And then he has to work that into good. So your cancer, I think... uh, being sick or um, things that go wrong with us in a day-to-day life. I think he does, yes, allow that. And honestly, I think it's just to have us go to him or to teach us something to just constantly have us go to him. Does that answer your question, Steve? Yeah. So your, so your question, and I kind of, throughout a scenario may not may not may not have fit but uh, so your so your question could be does does god allow bad things to happen yes is it would that be another way of asking the question yeah i think so would i be off track with that or is, would that be missing some would that be some missing something important in what you're saying when you would say god's in everything yeah no i don't think so i think it's 
And I think it's one of the things uh, people struggle with the most is why does God allow bad things to happen? Definitely when someone's been murdered or someone you, you know who have been sexually abused or you've been sexually abused yourself or, you know, something bad has, I, I mean, I always go to the worst. So I guess you don't have to go, <laughs> you don't have to go down that road. But yeah, I think, um, I think God does allow those things to happen. And at least for me, when those things do happen, I really see him. I see him work in all those things. Like I see Jesus, the Jesus I know, I see him. I have a relationship with him in love and happiness. He's given me all that stuff before. And then I've seen him in depression. I've seen him in uh, sorrow. I've seen him in sexual abuse. I've seen him when I'm suicidal. Uh, you know, I've seen him when I'm in the most darkest place ever. And that's the relationships that I have with him that it really mean a lot to me when I'm really down and I can actually see him. And I guess in that, what does that mean? You know, what are, what are you, what are you saying when you're saying you see him? I can see him in people, you know, you God does a really good job of bringing people into your life when you're struggling. Um, I've taken walks. I mean, that's, that's how I really got ever close to God was taking walks and just talking to him and say, okay, God, what can you teach me right now in this while I'm walking? And he always shows up. He always shows me something in what he made, right? He made the trees he made the grass, he made the wind, you know, and made the mountains. So you get to look around and see all that stuff. And all of a sudden he starts teaching you and all that. So maybe I went way off track, but. No, I don't think so. I'd like to jump in here though. Yeah, please do. Because basically, you know, we can even raise it a notch and we can say, you know, why does God allow this? It's, it's why does a loving God allow mm -hmm. this? Because mm -hmm. that's what I've heard a lot of people say. Why does yes, loving God allow this mm -hmm. to happen? And it's interesting to me because they say that in, you know, just the basis of the question is, you know, I can't believe that a loving God would allow this to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, that's the bottom line. And so really why, you know, the problem of pain, why do we have pain? Why, why do bad things happen on this earth? And I think, if, if you allow me, I think I'll, I, I think you need to go back to the whole point of the creation in the first place. I mean, face it. Let's just cut to the chase. Why did God create this mess in the first place? If you're going to ask those kind of questions, you can go all the way back to the mm -hmm. beginning and say, God knew all of this stuff was going to happen. Yeah. And he still created man. Mm -hmm. why and you know in order to answer that you have to understand why he created the world to begin with i mean if you know if he just if you think he just set this thing in motion just to see what would happen it's this big cosmic experiment you know and well let's see what these guys do you know i'm going to create this and let it just let it go and you know maybe they'll all kill each other and that'll be fun to watch you know that that's that's not God. That's that's perverse. And that's not what's going on. But 
If you think about when he first created man, Adam and Eve, he gave them one restriction, and that was it. Just one. Mm. And he knew they couldn't keep it. And they could, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that he knew they wouldn't keep it. And he knew that the fact that they couldn't keep it was going to cost him a lot. And it was going to cost Jesus a lot. And the reason he created this mess is that he can have a relationship with man. Mm-hmm. It seems bizarre, but that's why he wants a relationship. And Noah, you had said choice. Mm-hmm. He had given them choice. He gave Cain and Abel choice. They came with offerings. Cain was angry. And God said, you know, sin's crouching at the door, but you have to master it. Could God have stopped Cain from murdering Abel? Absolutely. Did he? No, he didn't. Because he gave him choice. Without choice, you're a robot. You're programmed. Mm-hmm. Who wants that? Yeah. I think the Bible tells a story of God wanting to love us or does love us and us wanting to love him and establish that relationship. Okay, so we have that. Well, what does that mean? Bottom line is that man has choice. And we've seen throughout history up to this very point, a lot of suffering. But the majority of it is man putting hurt on man. Is God behind that? No. God doesn't cause me to go and hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. I choose to go do that. And, you know, nowadays, you know, we have, you know, Russian troops mashing on the border of Ukraine. We have China flexing their muscles in the South China Sea. We have, you know, all this COVID stuff going on and people getting all hacked because they have to wear a mask, you know, just every time you get in the car and drive, I don't know about you guys, but I think people in Colorado are the worst drivers in the world. And, and, you know, you're taking your life in your hands and uh, why? And you, you just have to look at that and say, there's a problem there. And so, you know, we talk about axe murders and just, you know, shootings and, and, and molestations and, and murders and, and all this bad stuff. You know, why didn't God stop it? Okay, let's say that. Why didn't God stop it? Where's the line? Where's the line that you stop it? You know, looking, looking at somebody angry or getting angry at somebody, is that where you stop it? Mm-hmm. And, and what's God supposed to do about it if he wants a relationship with us? Is he supposed to just, you know, cause a bolt of lightning to come out and strike those selective people? No, he's not going to do that. It, it, that's not the way it works. He's allowing us to, to go in our lives. And the problem with that is that we think we're good, right? Those, those guys over there, they're bad. Mm-hmm. I'm good. But those guys are bad. And so... Go, go handle those guys and stop them from doing that, right? Well, you know, I've put a lot of hurt on people. Now, I haven't physically hurt people, but I've sure emotionally hurt people. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously hurt them. And I'm not proud of it. And at the time, I was just an idiot. But, you know, was that, should God have handled me at that time? Or should he be patient with me? 
And, and one of the key verses for me is in Romans. And it says, what if God, although willing, willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so in order that he may show the riches of his glory to vessels of mercy prepared beforehand for glory, even us. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is God is just being patient with everybody and giving everybody the opportunity to come to Jesus because that is the basis of our relationship with him. And it's not his fault. He's given every opportunity for people to come to him throughout the ages. And here we are. And man is just a big mess. And they all need Jesus. Sorry about that long pontification. But uh, to me, you have to look at that basic question. Okay, so you want God to take care of this problem. Where does he start? Does he start with you? Mm -hmm. Who does he start with? Well, yeah, and I think you brought up a good point of the importance of choice and the like what popped in my head. How's a relationship is so much more special if you get to choose that relationship, right? You guys all get to choose to be my friend, to come on these podcasts. That's way more special to me unless I had unless I had to force you guys onto it. You know, that's not very fun for anybody. So it is really cool how God does that. He is so relationship based. He wants us to choose him in friendship. Right. (laughs) So anybody else? Well, yeah, no. Can I just uh, tag on to what you said about relationship? Uh, uh, Just a very few years back, I was having a conversation with a guy and I want to say if he'll never figure out that this is, he'll probably never hear this, but I was having a really good, I treasure this guy's friendship, but we were just having a conversation about this very issue. And he respectfully said, ah, yeah, I don't buy that whole, uh, God had to do it the way he did it thing. And I said, well, tell me about that. And he says, well, uh, you have told me that God is incredibly brilliant. And he said, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he's more intelligent than anybody else on the planet. So he said, here's my deal. I don't like the fact that God, he says, I'm going off of what you've said, Tim. I don't like the fact that God gives me a choice. Uh, I don't like that there's suffering in the world. And he uh, listed uh, four or five situations that were uh, obviously either impacting him or ones that he loved. And then he named four or five others that were sort of on, on a bigger scale. And he said, uh, I think if God's so smart, he should have figured out a way to do that without, uh, uh, without letting all that hurt happen. And, uh, so I said, what would that be? And he says, no, he just make us all, he says, I believe God is really, uh, whoever he is, is really strong, really smart and really all powerful. So I think he should have just made us all do the right thing. Hmm. And that's what, man, I mean, he was kudos for him saying what he's thinking. And, and I, and I thanked him that he would be honest enough to say what he, what I believe a lot of other people are thinking. And I I asked him, what's your motivation? He says, I don't have anything in me that knows how to deal with the hurt in life. And I don't know how to get people past the great wounding and hurt that other people have inflicted on them. So my plan, if I were God, would be to make sure 
that that never happens because I don't see a way out of pain. Well, again, I don't I don't agree with where he's going with it. And I told him that. But I can at least have sympathy for the fact that the guy was being honest enough to say, I, I don't I don't have a paradigm. I don't have a belief system. And I said, well, so what if I could wave a magic wand and make you gut? He said, I'd do exactly what I said. I'd make everybody do the right thing and they could never, ever choose any evil. And I said, well, uh, you know, there actually are things that do that. He says, what's that? And I said, we call them computers. <laughs> and and they do exactly what you you program them to do and so on and so forth. And I and I, and to your point, Noah, the thing that I treasure, I there's a whole list of things that I could get down and dirty about things that I failed in miserably that I've chosen poorly in and a lot of betrayal that's happened in my life that is still impacting my life today because of the betrayal of other people. And, it, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's really difficult. And I would have loved to have taken a mess on at least one or two of those, if not more. But I just, I want to say out loud to your point, I wouldn't trade what's happened in terms of being able to have a relationship with Christ and what has been resultant of that relationship. And by the way, those people that are listening, I am not saying that I'm sitting here and I've got this so together now that I'm a happy little guy that goes around skipping all the time. I, I do not. And as a matter of fact, you don't have enough time to listen all the times that I'm not that happy little guy. But what I will tell you is this, is because of, if I had to choose between God making everybody do the right thing and having the relationship with him, uh, I choose the relationship every time because I, the, the, the cumulative effect of having been able to interact with him, even in the middle of my great failures, has radically transformed my, me as a person around. Besides all the other things that are true about that, it, it's dramatically impacted my life. And honestly, there's a whole lot of people that are grateful that it has. <laughs> because uh, me, me without relating with him regularly is not a pretty sight. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, give, up, I wouldn't give up the choice. I guess that's all I want to say. Yeah. Now that doesn't answer all the questions you have about why all the and all of that, but your point of what Steve Hahn was talking about and and this relationship thing you were talking about, I think becomes very important. Yeah, Reinhard, what do you think? Um, you know, I I think what Steve and uh, Tim have shared and what you've shared is um, about being in relationship with the Lord is where it's at for me. Uh, and I don't actually, the, the, the questions that Steve asked is like, uh, you know, I always kind of like one of my heroes in the Bible is Cain, actually, because he did what I would be thinking of doing. He actually did it. You know, he killed his brother. He's like the first guy that was born that had a birth. First, so our first ancestor that was born murdered his brother. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I, I really do relate to Cain. So Sadly, uh, so I was thinking that, you know, I, I've, for years I've wanted to be right. And so now 
I'm learning to say, I just don't know. I don't have the answers actually to those questions. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. They're really good questions. And I think there's, I, but for me, I don't actually have the answers, but one thing that came out in both Steve's and Tim's story about the guy who wanted to be God, because like I, I'm right there with that guy too, is like the bottom line isn't necessarily the questions. The, the, the bottom line is our judgment on God. He shouldn't do this. He should be different. The God, loving God should never eliminate suffering, right? A loving God should make us robots or, or just give us choices that he could do it different. He could just give us choices that, uh, promoted peace and love and he he doesn't have to make us robots you know that's our limited thinking uh, so but but i'm what i'm really saying is when i'm doing that i'm still trying to squeeze god into my own little small mind and mm-hmm. and so and i and we've talked about choice and for us christians i think oftentimes and i'm like right on the leading of the pack here uh we often think the choice is between good and evil because mm-hmm. that's what this question's about mm-hmm. that god's uh, how can a good god let these evil things happen um but when we go back like steve did to the beginning um and this was one of part of our abiding life message is the question's never been about good and evil the choice was never about good, choosing good or choosing evil uh, the choice was always about choosing the right or wrong or life uh, so we're either cho- we are either trying to be right or we're trying to be wrong or like Tim said, just Steve described the world today is like the Chinese people. We watch the Olympics and they're carrying the flag and barbers like goes. I wonder what those poor people think about passing that flag when they're dressed in their ethnic clothes. I said, I'm guessing they're proud of it. You know, we're the enemies. We're the bad guys. Uh, yeah. They're you know they love their country just like we love ours. It's like and and so they're so it's like nobody thinks they're the bad guy. Uh, and so I think the idea that we want to choose for me, anyway, this is where I'm at today. I might change my mind tomorrow, uh, but I want to choose life. I want to eat from the tree of life, if I, right or wrong, good or evil. Uh, it'll sound probably heretical uh, is not ever the question for me is not. And I think the Lord uses that language because we're used to using it. So like when he says, uh, this will probably get me in hot water, uh, but, ah. it, but it, it does. A, but it does uh, address kind of what you're saying, Noah. Is uh, he says he'll work all things together for our good, right? Mm-hmm. With for to those that love him, mm-hmm. I think he's using human language there. Yeah, I think he's using our value system uh, mm-hmm. of good and evil, and what we think of, of as good is the basis of this question mm-hmm. uh, that you know it's well it's it's not to, it sure wasn't good for me to get cancer nobody caused that that wasn't anybody's like uh, you know nobody went out and hit me with a cancer one and i got cancer wasn't any yeah. i can't blame anybody uh and so it's so it's like well uh I, so is that good or bad i don't i don't i think that's not then this is the the question uh, so for me, um, can I find in all circumstances in my life uh, that choice that we had at the garden to choose right or wrong, good or evil, or yeah. life? And I think, for, and for my answer is like, well, yeah, I can always find the choice 
uh, to choose life, to find Christ. And he's, he is life, you know, he's life with the big L. And so, so I like, I like your question. I like that, but for, for that's kind of my take on it is yeah, the choice is still the same as it was in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, right or wrong or life. Take your pick. If you want to be right, go for it. You know, and it's miserable. It's, and, and this, it's the basis of all human suffering is choosing to be right, actually, uh, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. But we can avoid a lot of that by finding ourselves in the midst of tremendous suffering and finding life mm-hmm. by choosing Jesus, by looking at him, like you said, I can see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's just my kind of my take on it. Um, I've probably made a lot of, got a lot, I've got lots of errors and probably said some stupid things. So. I'd love to hear your take on it, Noah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The thing I was, the whole time you guys have been talking, I was like, well, I do have a story that goes along with what, um, when this kind of popped in my head, you know, God has always taught me, you know, I since I was never able to read the Bible, I always asked him, I said, hey, I heard this in the Bible. Will you, uh, you know, someone said this was happened in the Bible. Can you show me that? And just so anyone out there, if you ask that, it will happen. So just be be prepared if you're going to be willing to do that. But you know, he showed me a lot of uh, a lot of things in life. But one story sticks out the most. If you guys don't mind me sharing it, and then we can talk about that. Um. So. All, you know, all growing up, I, I pretty much thought I was worthless. So I, my first job was uh, washing dishes. And I started when I was 14. And I didn't stop washing dishes till I was 18. Okay. Because I thought there's no way I'm worth anything else than just washing dishes at a restaurant. So, you know, you just wash, wash, wash 18. I finally had enough courage to go, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to go for a different kind of job. And there was a, in the classifieds, you know, back then we didn't have all the technology now, but I looked at the classifieds and a wheelchair company was hiring for a tech guy to come and fix wheelchairs. And I was like, whoa, that'd be cool. Helping, uh, you know, disabled people. That'd be awesome to fix their wheelchairs for them. So I went in, got an application. I think my dad filled it out for me. Um, I turned it back in and then I had an interview. So I went into the interview and the guy was really nice. He was the owner of it. And I told him, Hey, just so you know, I can't read, but, and back, and back then I, I mean, I was in second grade reading then. So I was 19 at this point and, you know, barely could read. And I said, just so you know, I, I can barely read anything, but if you show me how to do it, I can do it. You only have to show me once. My brain will remember it and I'll do it every time. This exact same way you showed me. And he goes, oh, that's great. It's exactly what I want. Can you start Monday? And I said, yes. So Monday came and uh, my mom needed my truck for some reason. So she had to drop me off. And it was, you know, it's about a probably a 30 minute drive from our house at that time. So she dropped me off with my lunch and I went in, you know, skipping in there. So happy, ready to rock and roll on these wheelchairs. 
And when I get there, the boss isn't there. There's, you know, the manager guy's there. So I get there and um, the guy hands me this book that's like eight inches thick. And he goes, here, this is what you got to do all day today. Just read this book. And I said, oh, man, uh, I don't Maybe the owner didn't tell you, but I can't I can't read. I, there's no way I can do that. But you can show me. And as soon as I said that, he goes, you can't read. You're fired then. <laughs> and it was just that easy. I was just done. And I was like, well, wait a minute. All you have to do is show me. You can just, no, you're, you can't read. You can't, you can't make it in this job. You're done. And so with him laughing in itself, you know, normally I'd get pretty mad about that, but God would not let me get mad. So I went up and, you know, this is before cell phones. So I had to call mom. I left a message on our answer machine, say, hey, got fired already. Can't read. Uh, can you come pick me up? And I said, I'll just be outside waiting for you. So when I was leaving, I went by like where they all are. There's like four of the guys just there. And when I was leaving, they were all laughing and making fun of me because I couldn't read. The main guy goes, that idiot can't even read. Oh, and they're all laughing, just having a great time. And I thought, well, this is still, can I get mad now, God? And he still wouldn't let me get mad. So I, I left there and I was like, I don't know why he won't let me get mad. So I went out to this tree and I sat under it and I was still just trying to figure out what just happened. And one, try to get mad so I could go back in there and maybe have a couple words with the guy. Still, God would not let me get mad. I waited there probably 45 minutes and I thought, man, I might as well just start walking home. So I stand up and I start walking and it hadn't been maybe, maybe five minutes of walking down the street and the area wasn't the best area. Okay. It was pretty, pretty bad down there. So I start walking and all of a sudden a guy in a beat up old tow truck, you know, it looked like he bought it from a junkyard and ripped all the stickers off of it. It was all rusted. He drove by me really slow and he was looking at me and we kind of looked at each other and then he turned off a street and then stopped and I could see him like looking back at me. And I'm telling you right now, I have no idea why I went to his truck. Like I just crossed the street, went right to him. And I said, hey, how's it going? And he goes, good, you, you need some help? And I said, yeah, can I pay you like 20 bucks to drive me to Littleton? And he goes, yeah, get in. And he was probably, I would say late 50s. So I was like, oh yeah, let's, yeah, why not get into a stranger's car? Why not? So I jump in the guy's car <laughs> and we're driving. And, um, you know, at first I start, like kind of looking around like, okay, if he does anything, can I bash him over the head with something? You know, you start looking around like, okay, what's, what's around his car? I think there was a bottle or something. And still God was just like, no, just be, be at peace. Right. So I'm just sitting there talking to him. He's asking me questions about if I have a girlfriend or not, I'm telling him no. And so about halfway in the trip, he starts uh, rubbing his crotch in a very inappropriate way. And he just keeps doing it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, God, what have I got myself into? The whole time I'm talking to God, like, God, why, why did I get in this truck? What have I done? 
And all of a sudden, God tells me, ask him if he believes in Jesus. And I said, well, are you crazy? I'm not asking this guy if he believes in Jesus. This guy's this guy's a nut. I don't know what he'll do. I'm not doing that. And then he goes, ask him. I'm like, no, not doing it. You know, and I don't know about you guys, but if you ever had God ask you to do something and he's just you're flat out saying no to him, he definitely, your spirit starts feeling it pretty good. So I finally turned to him and I was like, you know, I'm sure my voice is all crackly. And I was like, so uh, I have a question for you. He's like, yeah, go ahead. While he's still doing what he was doing. And I said, do you believe in Jesus? And he completely stops doing what he's doing, puts his hands, his other hand on the steering wheel. And he just is staring like straight ahead, doesn't say a word. And this silence went on for about two minutes, maybe three. And finally, he turned to me and goes, yeah, I think I do. And I told God, I said, okay, God, do you want me to say anything else right now? This is the moment, right? You know, I can start talking about Jesus. And God said, nope, that's it. And that was it. We didn't say another word to each other. He dropped me off. I gave him the $20. He took me right to my house. He left. So the whole point of that story is it's so crazy to me how God allows, he allowed me to step out, go get the job. He allowed me to like, in other words, be embarrassed, right? Or be ashamed or get made fun of. He allowed all that to happen. He didn't allow me to get mad. He allowed all that stuff to happen, all this whole process of stuff to happen for me to get into some stranger's truck just to ask him one single question. Do you believe in Jesus? He didn't want me to do anything else. He didn't want me to start sharing with him, try to get him to accept Christ. That wasn't it. He just did all of that. I mean, that's a huge, to me, that's so many moving pieces that he did and orchestrated to have that guy there at that same time, wanted and had it, you know, and that's why I'm saying God is in everything because if the guy was a Christian or not, he had something God tell him, tell him, say, hey, you need to go drive, you know, get in your car and start driving. Oh, now you need to pick this guy up. You know, all that had to happen just so I had to ask him that one question. And I think that is what's so unique about God and how cool it is. And, you know, of course, other you can always have other stories that are really terrible that happen, but Still, God orchestrates all that just for just for a question. So what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think that's just, have you guys ever had something like that or a story like that that's happened or something that makes you think, oh, man, God was in all of this. Like you look back and you're like, wow, God was in that whole movement. All those pieces came all together so I could just do this one thing. So what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I like I like that story and I like how you tell it and um, how you learn from it. I, I just wonder if you were uh, more like me and just disobeyed and didn't ever say answer the question, what would you, uh, how would you feel about that? Uh, yeah, if I wouldn't have never said I, that Because to I actually don't have a problem hearing God's voice and saying no. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I mean, I do, but I don't, I still, uh, so I, so, or, or maybe you never see the, uh, the upside to it, you know, maybe, maybe you jump in a, I know this probably wouldn't happen with you, but maybe somebody picks you up. They're a nice person. They're not whacking off and they're dri just drive you home and say, oh, no, you keep your 20. Mm -hmm. Right. What would you say to that? You know, it's like, I, I guess that would be my question is like, if I'm going to see God in everything, I don't really want to see him in everything. Hmm. Yeah, I guess for me, I, I, I mean, I've picked up hitchhikers before, too, and we haven't talked about anything about Jesus. We just, I help, you know, you help them out and you drop them off and that's it. And you don't think anything of it. So, yeah, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I can still see that Jesus is in that because Jesus also told me to or at least gave me the urge to go pick the person up. But I, I, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not. Yeah, yeah, because my, my question is kind of, I, I like your story because you can see Christ in it. And it's a scary proposition and uh, not being able to feel anger. I would feel anger just with that, you know, like if I can't feel anger, I'm going to like screw that. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm scared and my go-to emotion when I'm scared is anger. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, absolutely. That's why so I'd have been, I'd have been, I'd have been afraid after I got fired. I mean, I'd have been afraid when I got fired. I'd have been afraid showing up at the job. And this is just me. I'd have been afraid uh, have, filling out, having your dad fill out an application for something I couldn't, didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And, and then to have some, some nutty guy pick me up uh, I would have been like terrified and to not feel anger, uh, would have been, you know, I, I would have been really angry with God actually, probably, uh, along yeah. with that guy. Uh, so I was just wondering, you know, how that would shake out for you in that, in that scary situation, because that's would be terrifying for most of us would be for me. Yeah. And I, if I look back, I think I, I mean, I think I was terrified because that's why I was looking around for a bottle or something to bash yeah, it in the face with, you know, and I remember seeing a glass bottle there. So I was like, well, at least I can protect myself, you know? And yeah, I think not getting angry. Yeah. It makes you, I don't know why he stopped my anger. I mean, obviously I needed to be in that certain spot at that time, but because if not, I probably would have gone in and just started punching everybody I could find. But, you know, God did allow, for some reason, you know, God allowed me to not be angry. And you're right, Steve. I mean, that is my go-to when I get scared. Yeah, that's, I'm going to get angry. And so then when I was sitting by that tree, I just remember like, there's no point in what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm just sitting here thinking, overthinking this and like, there's nothing I can do. So why not just walk it off a little bit? Maybe I can kick a rock really hard down the street or something or, you know, get some sort of, you know, feeling out. But yeah, it is. And to, to your point, I've I've had God tell me to say something to somebody and I don't do it. And my thought always is like, well, I just wasn't the one who did it. You know, you know, there's someone else that will do it or maybe there's not. But I always think, you know, God already knew I wasn't going to say it if I hadn't said it. 
Does that make sense? Or am I going all crazy? Now? You know, you know, for me, your story, it, if that would have been me, I would have been, uh, I wouldn't have gotten angry. I just would have been depressed. I'd have been feeling sorry for myself. I'd have been thinking like, man, you are a loser, Steve. And oh, I'm sure I did that. This too. just this just confirms it. And you know, you're not you're worthless. And mm-hmm. and the fact that you kept talking to God, I would have been blaming God. I'd been saying, like, God, why'd you make me like this? Why, why did you give me mm-hmm. dyslexia? Just so that, you know, people could abuse me like this. Is that why you did that? Yeah. And it doesn't sound like you went there. Mm-mm. I mean, uh, I'm sure you have before. Oh yeah, I definitely but, have before. Yeah, but uh, you, you know, that's that's the bottom line. Is is uh, you know, we talk about people suffering and going through things, and in a lot of in a lot of ways, we you know, we brutalize ourselves, and mm-hmm. we're not happy with the way that God made us. And yeah. why why did you allow? Why does a loving God allow me to be this way? And uh, because he is, you know, he's made us perfect exactly the way we're supposed to be for the end purpose of having that relationship with him. Yeah. um, It's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, no, I listened to your story. It it sort of uh, reaffirms for me, or at least is what I was going through my mind about what Steve uh, Reinhardt was saying earlier about um, it, it's neither good nor bad. There's life. You know, I'm going to choose life in the middle of whatever's coming down and mm-hmm. certainly won't go into the details. But while you're telling your story, I'm thinking about literally, I went through about five decisions I've made in my life that were really bad. And then I went through just trying to process, process what you guys have been saying and about five decisions. And there's a lot more that really were just boneheaded, stupid, ignorant, what, whatever superlative you care to use. And here's, here's the one thing that as you were talking, I, I, as I was processing, this is what I, this is what I saw Uh, in the middle of choosing the five goods and the five bads. One, clearly Christ was still working. And the reason I'm saying it is, yes, it's true. That's a theological truth. That is a reality. That's what God said. But clearly, if you, anyone that has known me long enough to knows me now compared to where I was before, I'm telling you that every single one of those choices I made, I'm not saying some of them were actual sin. So let's just be clear about this. Mm -hmm. They weren't just bad choices. They were sin. They had consequence, natural consequence that followed them. But every single one of those things, somewhere along the way, Christ actually kept bringing back the opportunity to choose life as I'm making good decisions and as I'm making bad decisions. Mm. And, and he brought me to place to choose life. And uh, the truth is uh, there are people in my life that are in a lot better place in terms of who I am as a man, even with all of my weaknesses, they're experiencing something that had I been the one, had I been able to see in the future and see that I had five really good choices and five really bad ones, I would have never chosen the bad ones Hmm. because, you know, I'm so brilliant, you know, that I, that I know that I don't even, you know, those things aren't necessary. And, 
And um, I mean, I and again, wrestling back with the very first thing, Steve Hahn, you were talking about is um, for the folks that don't know, I was married uh, once before. And if that bothers you, I, I'm sorry. Um, and I'm not going to say one negative thing about my first mate. Not one negative thing. But I can tell you this. Um, um, the the choosing that I did back then um, was a myriad of good and bad choices. It, it really was. And I'm telling you that as 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 other people might have seen me making gobs and gobs of great choices, the the level of arrogance that is missing from me today as a result of that experience, I'm grateful for. It doesn't mean I'm never arrogant anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, even a guy like me can actually learn a thing or two from Jesus mm-hmm. in the middle of my good and my bad choices. And, I, and I'm really grateful that I'm not making an excuse for one single wrong thing I chose. Not one excuse whatsoever. I can even tell you all the reasons I chose it. It doesn't matter. So back to the very first question you were asking, Noah, and as I'm hearing you tell your story, I'm, I'm, I, it's really resonating with me that when we ask the question, why does God allow bad things? Uh, why does he allow good things? Uh, Steve Hahn, what you were talking about in the context of why is this relationship uh, here to begin with? I know some days it's a hard pill for me to swallow, but the truth is I want life. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is whatever brings that, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, I, I may not be good at the moment, and I may be complaining. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you agree, Tim, that no matter what choices we make, God is always pursuing us? Yes. Yeah. Which makes no sense to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. But if if I were God. And I had to watch me. Yeah, the long suffering thing, love never fails. That would have been gone long ago. And I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, I, I know what's in my head, mm-hmm. and I know how far off track. And of course, see, the thing about it is, I go off track in the stuff that's still sort of socially acceptable to do. In other words, I, I don't I li- list whatever the big nasty bad ones are. See, I don't do all those anymore mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> uh, but most of what I do that has some some pretty bad consequences hidden from the world, at least at the moment it happens. And uh, so, yeah, I would I would agree that he continues to come after me, and I am grateful. Yeah, absolutely. I am grateful. Yes, Steve Reinhardt. Yeah, me too. I'm so grateful that he always pursues us and woos us and speaks our language and listens and communicates and goes after us. And I and I was thinking as Tim was talking and you guys were talking that it's funny that we asked the question or we, we're, we're really putting a should on God is like God shouldn't allow these things to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't ever flip the coin and goes like, well... Uh, like Tim was kind of uh, alluding to earlier and you guys were like, well, you know, like, well, why shouldn't he, why, you know, like, why shouldn't he just abandon us? 
Like, why shouldn't he just like zap the whole world and start over? Why, you know, why shouldn't he, uh, you know, judge me like right now? And so I think a lot of those, we probably are saying those things too, uh, that he should judge me. And I think maybe that might be something that would be another topic for t- podcast because I've, I've been, uh, one of my friends I met, she was talking, we were talking about this, she's Jewish. And she was, uh, I, and I just asked her, I said, oh, it sounds like um, you're guilty. You did that. And um, you should, you should pay. And she goes right on. Exactly. And that you should be, you know, that you should, that there's a payment here that's due. And I, and she goes, it is. And that's why I'm depressed. I'm punishing myself with depression. And so I think, that's a really honest way of flipping the coin is saying I should punish myself, you know, be God's, mm-hmm. you know, not only is God, not only should God shouldn't allow suffering, but he should punish those of us that cause it mm-hmm. and not pursue us and, uh, you know, snuff us out. And so I think those are, those are really the, what we're talking about is so important because it's, it's either life-giving or uh, life-taking away. Uh, I don't know what the right word was. Be snuffing, snuffing out life by choosing right or wrong, you know? And I think that's so important is that we get to focus on Christ. We get to ter- choose him mm-hmm. and see, uh, see, see life in him that's totally flip sides, totally upside down and backwards from the way the world operates that that the questions we're asking are important, but they they miss or could miss Christ, which is your whole point, Noah, is like Christ in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and so, and to your answer, I would say Christ is, uh, he like it never leaves me. Uh, so he's in every circumstance. He's in every situation. Mm-hmm. He's He's there with you sitting under the tree. He's there with you when you got the job, he was there with you when the guy gave you the book. He was there with you when you got fired. He was there with you when you were walking down the road. He was there with you when you climbed into that tow truck. He's there with you when the guy's beaten off. He's mm-hmm. he's there with you, you know, when you handed him the 20. And he was there with you when uh, he's when you asked him, do you believe in Jesus? Uh, he's, and I think that for me is the, the real crux of the question you're answer, asking is, mm-hmm. is there any place or any circumstance where he isn't, where he's going to like, let me go on my own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's, do you think, yeah. So do you think it's more of, I think Steve and I, you got, you and I have talked about this before, but do you think it's, um, we get to choose if we get to see it, we basically, we get to choose if we see God in something, right? Because sometimes I, I can choose not to see God in something that something bad happened. I can just say, no, I don't think God was there. But really, God is in everything. So we really get the choice to say, no, God was in all of that. I can even like while everyone's talking, I can look back in the sexual abuse stuff and I can see God in that. I can see that God was there with me. And how much he's taught me through all that. I mean, if you ask me right now, Noah, you know, blink of an eye will take it away from you. I'd say no, because I've learned so much from it. Yeah, to me, when I hear you say that, 
it, it, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think God caused that stuff. I mean, he wasn't behind the sexual abuse. I mean, to, that's abhorrent to him, mm-hmm. but he didn't stop it. Yeah. He didn't stop it. Cause he, he, allowed, the, he allowed the other guy to do what he did. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, it's there, there was someone like we else in the house about. that could have come down if God would have just said, go downstairs. Right. You know, he could have stopped it, but he didn't. That's right. That's right. Because he knows, and that's where you get to the point of saying, okay, he knows what I need in my life, right? Yeah, that's right. And so we look at the circumstances or we look at, as Steve was saying, life. You know, mm-hmm. do I do I focus on my circumstance or do I focus on my relationship? And sometimes it's hard to understand what's going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to minimize the hurt that it causes people. And and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and even as Steve said, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about man putting hurt on man. You know, and I think most of that is what happens, but there are diseases that happen and there are natural disasters that happen. And, and uh, you know, other guys didn't do that to somebody else. It's just, it's just something that happened. And uh, so I guess, you know, what do we look at? What's our focus? And the focus is Jesus and the focus is my relationship with God. And do I really believe that I have a God mm-hmm. that I have the God that looks after me, that cares about me, and has an ultimate goal for me, which is basically uh, to know him. And, and uh, I, I'm part of the bride, right? He's preparing his bride for mm-hmm. that uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, which, which, I, which I look forward to very much. Yeah, and I, every, all the... Everything you guys are saying too, I just, every time you guys are talking, I just picture Jesus at my front door knocking, <laughs> waiting for me to invite him in, you know, and it is cool that we can do that. You can just invite him in and he walks with you or just yeah. acknowledge that he's there. Even in sin, I've done it before where I'm, I know I'm going into sin and I invite him in. Do I stop the sin? No. Sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. Yeah. And he still teaches me something in that. You know, I just, I just had a thought, I think it's from the Lord that the other thing is we don't want to put ourselves in positions where things happen to us because we, you know, because we think, well, Lord wants me to no, no. If you can run away, you should run away. Right. I mean, if you, if you know, this isn't right, you know, don't stick around. Uh, mm-hmm. that's not what we're saying that you just have to let God, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Is that, you know, some, some people will take this and go like, Oh gosh, that person wants to molest me. I guess I should just sit here and let it happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, I was, I was in India one time, Steve walking through a village and I was with this kid and I we saw all these people running this one direction. I said, where, where are they going? we had to go see what's, what's happening. He goes, no, they, those guys are, we don't want to go where there's happening. I just heard that, you know, like somebody got stabbed over playing dominoes and all those guys are going down there to beat them with those big sticks. It's like, well, good. Let's go. There. Let's go home. Like, we, don't, we don't definitely don't need to put ourselves in positions where it's like, Oh, I got to go see how God comes through on this one. Exactly. Exactly. Tim, you're, you're, you're muted, muted, Tim. muted, Tim. 
Yeah, to your point, the Apostle Paul made a... I, I love it because it was kind of one of his more common sense statements he made because he says some really deep, deep stuff that I still don't get. Uh, but uh, he says, look, if you find yourself in some kind of bondage or something, uh, a, a situation or circumstance that is difficult, bad, even oppressive, do everything you can do to get out of it. That's a good thing. Yeah, amen. And then if you can't, then that's a whole other discussion. That's right. So, but, uh, well, what one quick thing, and I know we've been going on for a bit, is um, um, I've had a couple of three people in my life um, that um, um, it, it was really interesting. All three of them did the same thing. Uh, they were in a position where they were there to be able to give me advice. And I found out only after the whole thing that happened that I was making choices or I was doing things that they were pretty sure weren't going to be wise for me, not just because it was the right thing, but because they cared about how I ended, that I, they wanted to see me end well. Mm -hmm. And they had this innate ability to discover or to see when, when, to, when to speak to that in me and challenge me about it. And when not to. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, I realize that's their dad, but a lot of people don't have a great dad. So they don't, you know, but, but I've had about three people like that. And I'm telling you almost every single time I found out that they could have warned me about that or they did warn me, but they didn't really make a big deal about it. Cause I didn't want to listen to people anyway. I'd get mad because later on they didn't bully me into doing the right thing or they didn't press me more. Or they didn't whatever, or they didn't tell me at all. And mm. almost every single time what ended up happening was there, there ended up being value in where they leave and let me go. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm smart enough to figure that out for other people. So please don't hear that. But I do know this, the book of Hebrews in the Bible makes this it is this huge very very detailed uh, uh group of verses but it says jesus is better well this is one of those jesus is better moments if some human beings have figured out some way when to let me go through something and when not to and it's proved to be true um god's pretty smart <laughs> and i'm betting he knows way better than any man that walks on this planet what what is needed and not needed and this is very important so that i ended up, end up at this place called life mm -hmm. life for him and whatever gets me there that's what that really is what i want although i'm probably going to be complaining about what that was next week mm -hmm. you know the whatever thing that might yeah. might get me to the place called life right so I, that's all the words i've got well you know, I just, in my head, you know, I start thinking, oh no, I said something dumb. No, you said something dumb. You're going to get hammered now. <laughs> so I just want to clarify when I say I invite, basically I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think about, we'll wait for Steve to come back. What do you guys think about um, when I say, I know I'm about to go do a sin and I invite Jesus in. What is your thoughts on that when I say something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. What does that mean to invite Jesus in? Uh, mm -hmm. To me, it's, you know, I've struggled with that. But for me, 
it just comes down to my relationship. And the more I have this relationship, the more it's real. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I communicate with the Lord and he communicates Mm -hmm. with me. And, and uh, so if something comes up and and it looks like I shouldn't be doing that, Mm -hmm. what has kept me from doing that is the thought that number one, I do have a choice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, cause I used to think that, well, I'm powerless, you know, I'm just a sinner. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't do this. And well, I can because I'm a new creation and, and, mm-hmm. and, and I have Christ dwelling in me and I can make the right choice and not because of me, but because mm-hmm. of who dwells in me and who my relationship is with. And, and I don't want to cut that off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I try to choose him. I, I do I all the time. I think no, but you know, I do a lot. Yeah. And uh, I do more and more, more than I ever have, you know, yeah. like, because that's growth to me. That's just growing in your relationship with Jesus. Well, yeah, for me, I just like to, and for me, I, I know he's there anyways. So I just wanted to acknowledge that he's there. Yes. And then I always want to see what he's going to do with it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that's why I, that's why I've been trying to do it more and more in my life is just invite him in when I'm going to be a bonehead, you know, it's just like, just be with me. I know you're here anyways. I'm acknowledging you here. Teach me something. Right. Or don't teach me anything. Just know that I know you're here. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're way ahead of me. Usually I, I mess up first. And then, <laughs> well, trust me, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm just saying I try, but, but for me, the experience, and let's just say, you know, our, you know, our marriages, I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know you guys have perfect marriages. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a knucklehead and, yeah. and I say things and just hurts my wife and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can tell, you can just tell when, you know, you've put your foot in your mouth and you've done something wrong. And, and for me at that point, it becomes the, you know, the Lord just speaks to you and says, you know, Steve, you really, you really need to say something. You need to apologize. Mm-hmm. You need, and, and it's, it's, that is choosing life. Because mm-hmm. when you go to your wife and you hug her and you say, you know, hon, I just, I'm such an idiot. And I just wish that I would never would have said that. And mm-hmm. I apologize. And would you forgive me? Mm-hmm. You know, because I need you. And what you're doing is you're giving life. You're choosing life by basically dying to yourself. And you're saying, you're, I'm giving life to my wife is what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's what choosing life is yeah. to me. That's part of it because it's because when you walk away, you're healed too. And it's just a wonderful thing to mm-hmm. experience instead of just, just going through life miserable and angry. And, you know, you sleep as far away from your wife as you can on the bed because you're mad. Or, you know, that, you know, I'm done with that stuff that there's no life in that. No, no. So I don't know if that answered the question, but. No, it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about too, is just, you know, do you want to be right? You know, do I have to be right? That's right. Right or wrong, right? right. Yeah. I'm choosing choosing the tree of good and evil or I'm choosing the life. Yeah. 
Well, no, I, I would just very briefly say when you said, when you, the question was, um, uh, when I talk about that, if I'm struggling or if I want to go sin, that I invite Christ and all that, um, this is going to sound awfully pragmatic or practical or, or uh, um, frankly, probably simple. But actually, that's okay for me because this very issue I've struggled with again and again, and it's why I love that your emphasis is on this. Uh, in the Ephesians letter, uh, the Apostle Paul makes a really interesting statement. Um, he says that, <clears throat> that Christ will give me both the desire and the ability to obey at a particular moment. And I believe that that passage is actually um, in the context of when I'm perhaps not all that excited about obeying. So my point is this. I have times in my life, today, right now, while we're having these conversations, sin doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can see it clearly. What you were saying, brother, about choosing life, I am all in on that, and especially as it relates to my wife. But, but the truth is, is there are plenty of days when I, I do want to be right. Mm. I do. And not only that, I'm convinced I am right. And all of y'all don't know what you're talking about. I was going to say you are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And on those days, I am not interested in having my desires changed. And frankly, I'm not interested in the ability to change. Because that's just how bad my attitude is, my what, whatever it is that's that's wrong at that particular moment. And Noah, so for me, every time you say invite Christ into this, mm -hmm. uh, for me, it is the only hope I have of even having my desires change. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying Jesus has left me. I'm not, you know, I mean, all right. those things. No, no, yeah. no, not all that. But I want the relationship with Christ. I mean, the reason I walk with him is because he actually begins to place desire in me that I honestly don't have at times. Amen. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it's the dividing place. And I, anybody that might be listening, might listen to this somewhere down the road. If you listen this far and you're going, so what in the world, well, why are you any better than anybody else? Well, number one, I'm not. But I do have one leg up on you if you don't have Christ in you. The amazing power of Christ that resides in me has the ability to do something in me to create desires that I would never get to as a matter to be worse than you as a person that doesn't have Christ. I have the ability to do way worse than you ever think about doing. Mm. And I am grateful for the fact that this relationship thing. So, Noel, when you I hear you say that about invite Christ in, it's it is the one thing I count on more than anything else in my life. Mm. That Christ is looking for ways. He is actively pursuing me, and not only pursuing me, but he is willing to. And, and I'm going to use this word miraculously work in a particular moment. It is beyond human. It, it is truly supernatural. Mm. And he does things in me that I could never muster up on my. So that's why I want to invite Christ when I'm going to go do whatever. Yeah, go do whatever. Yeah. I know what goes on in my head. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's not the worst of it is not the thing I want to go do, but it's the defiance that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've gone above and beyond our time limit here. Thank <laughs> <laughs> so, you for who inter- anybody who's going to listen to this. 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So thank you for anyone who's going to listen to this whole thing. So um, anybody have anything else to say before we are we good to go? Done? Yeah. Okay. Uh, th- yet again, thanks so much, guys, for your input, your honesty, your hearts. Honesty is huge for me. I, I love I love hearing. I, this sounds bad if I say <laughs> I love hearing you guys struggle. So because it makes me not feel so alone. So I at least belong to you guys and thank you for that. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ought, you ought to feel really at home then. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really That's do. Right. So thank you. Uh, thank you for the listeners. Yeah, keep uh, keep reaching out if you guys have any or have any suggestions you want us to do a podcast on or, you know, you have a subject that, uh, you know, I know how it is. You're so nervous to tell other believers something, a thought you had because you're so worried what they might say. So please email it to me because I don't mind saying it. So let me know. Remember Noah at abidinglife.com. And I just want to remind everybody that my dad's Mike Wells's, all his teachings, everything is on YouTube. So you just have to go to YouTube and just search abiding life um, ministries pretty sure it'll pop up pretty quick so just a reminder for that you don't have to buy them anymore they're all free so all right love you guys thanks for the listeners and we'll do another one soon thank you i got you bye bye